I'm talking with Marina Merrill, Children's Institute Senior Research and Policy Advisor, about a recent paper by James Heckman, Professor of Economics at the University of Chicago and Nobel Prize winner. The paper is called The Life Cycle Benefits of an Influential Early Childhood Program and indicates that investments in early childhood programs for kids ages 0 to 5 yield a 13% return. Heckman looks at two programs in North Carolina that began in the 1970s. Marina, what are the key takeaways from this new analysis? The study really highlights the importance of starting at birth and that we achieve greater economic and social gains when we take a comprehensive approach to early childhood development, which includes nutrition, access to health care, and early learning. And the life cycle benefits of an influential early childhood program, the, the study shows that high-quality birth-to-five programs that serve disadvantaged children can deliver a 13% return on investment, which is a rate substantially higher than previously thought when we looked at a 7 to 10% return on investment through previous studies that just look at preschool programs. So the study really found significant gains through better outcomes in education, health, social behaviors, and, empl- and employment, which is a much broader range of benefits than we've seen before. Some research focusing on the impacts of early childhood programs, such as preschool, show that the effects wear off over time or fade out by third grade. Could you compare the approach taken in those studies compared to the new longitudinal analysis from Heckman? That's a really good question. So existing research on the effectiveness of early childhood programs largely focuses on those short-term academic gains, whereas the ROI research analyzes a wider variety of life outcomes, such as health, quality of life, participation in crime, risky behaviors, IQ, longer-term educational outcomes, and lifetime earnings, whereas these research studies that we've been hearing a lot about recently really that focus on the fade out is really looking at third grade as the longer term outcome. And these large scale preschool programs are really looking at big programs, Head Start federally funded or state funded preschool programs. So Tennessee most recently has had the most attention in the media. And the methods that are used for ROI studies and these large scale evaluations that show the shorter term outcomes are really different. So there are different purposes. We're asking different research questions. These shorter-term studies that have demonstrated this fade-out are really important because they are looking at program effectiveness in relationship to academic gains for programs that are in place currently today. And we rely on these studies to look at how and where we can make current investments and, most importantly, how we can improve current practices. So Tennessee has been just a phenomenal example of this. Tennessee could have taken these results from their evaluation and determined that preschool doesn't work and that the results fade out by third grade. But instead, Tennessee asked themselves these really hard questions about why are we getting these results? What is the quality of our program? How can we improve? What is happening in K through third grade that might be influencing our outcomes? So now the Tennessee state legislature has increased their efforts instead of shrinking back and investing less in preschool, they've actually said, let's ramp up here and focus on quality improvements um, to not only their state preschool system, but also to their elementary schools. So they're really taking now a pre-K through third grade approach. So Tennessee and Head Start, um, these programs that have received a lot of press and attention for fade out have, um, have used the ROI studies as well. 
as sort of a North Star as their achievement to focus on. So um, maybe we we do see convergence of scores that happen in third grade, but we have enough evidence through these rigorous longitudinal studies to know that early education works and can produce these incredibly important long-term gains across a broad spectrum of outcomes. Upfront investments in these kinds of early childhood programs are expensive, but the social impacts are broad. Could you describe those impacts and how that translates into ROI? Sure. So, I mean, compared to the front upfront investment in early learning, the rate of return on investment is incredible. I mean, we're seeing from Heckman's studies that the benefits far outweigh the costs. The ROI on early childhood is, you know, far better than the return on most stocks. So, I mean, honestly, it's really challenging to even find a better rate of return on investment compared with any other social program that exists today. And so the ROI research really translates most concretely into what do we need as a fully functioning, socially and emotionally talented workforce, a high-functioning society with lower costs to other expensive systems such as our prison system, medical care, our welfare system. And I really think that the bigger question that we have right now is can we afford not to invest? What are the costs to not investing to our society? James Heckman and his colleagues, I think, have demonstrated that the costs of not investing in early learning are huge. When we think about costs, can you talk about the cost per year per student to be effective and what's the best way to frame that? And then if you could also discuss where Oregon is on the spectrum of early childhood investments. Heckman um, points to costs for quality in the range of about sixteen to 17000 uh, per student per year. But that really includes a spectrum of services and supports for health and early learning, which can be really expensive. And I think Oregon's cost per child for preschool is one of the highest in in the nation. We're somewhere in the range of 8,500 for our Oregon pre-K program and then around 12,000 per child for our newly funded preschool promise program. And although we have one of the highest um, costs in the country, we are really dedicated to serving three and four year olds and younger children are and two years of service is more expensive than one. And we also have committed to those wraparound comprehensive services. So we're not just uh, committed to doing high quality instruction in a classroom that's a lookalike kindergarten program. It really is looking at family engagement and that full spectrum of support. One of the challenges to that is that we are, as a state, serving fewer children than other states. So we're um, only serving about 10% of all of our children through state-funded preschool or a little over half of our eligible children that are living in families in poverty for Head Start. So when we do compare to other states, we're in the bottom quartile for access, but then we've consistently been in the highest level of quality. So we've been really committed to quality, and I think we should applaud Oregon and our investment and our um, commitment to quality, but we also need to hold both. Access and quality are really important. So we need to just continue our focus and our investments on quality, but also towards improving and expanding our investments to ensure that we continue to serve more children because we know that that's when we're going to get the largest impact on our long-term 
return on investment. That's great. Thanks for the insights, Marina. Great speaking with you today. Thank you. Great speaking with you too. New research in the early learning field is happening all the time, and we are keeping our eyes on new studies coming out in 2017. Stay tuned for more analysis uh, from Children's Institute. This is Rafael Otto bringing you the Early Link Podcast from Children's Institute. Children's Institute is working to ensure a strong beginning for Oregon's children. Learn more at childinst.org.